How many fights have you been in overall in your career? Over 164, yeah. Okay. The only reason I know that is because I have a concussion <laughs> lawsuit against the NHL, so it's like my lawyer's like, hey, you, you, gotta, you know that you were in 164 fights? <laughs> So I want to go over like the start, like, you know, first origin story, yep. right? Who you are, because you've done a lot, right? And you've been through a lot. So let's go from the start of it. Like when did you start playing sports, you got into hockey, yep. and now from there, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Canada. Yep. Like you come out of the womb with the skates on pretty much. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I grew up in a small town. It was like 7,500 people. and um, 7,500? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a, it was like a farming town. And, gotcha. Uh, the whole community revolved around the rink, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and you get yeah, just really, really competitive, like mm -hmm. everything is, but especially hockey. Yeah. Um, and so I was just drawn to the sport from like an emotional standpoint where you can go to the rink, you can leave life outside yeah. of the rink and you mm -hmm. can work towards a common goal with a bunch of bunch of guys, right? Awesome. That are all kind of like minded. Mm -hmm. um, and I just really liked the fact that like competition. Yeah. And then in hockey, like there's no out of bounds, right? So mm. like you can, uh, it's a wonderful anger management. Were you naturally competitive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a middle kid, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so like that middle syndrome. I think you're a middle child, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, just wanted to, for whatever reason, you know, some people like the more eyeballs that they have on them, or the bigger the game, yeah. some guys shy away. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Used to, you roasted occasionally. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, the more people that watched it, and uh, I um. I just really liked the game, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like a lot of kids around me when we were growing up and still in Canada, they're like, their parents are gonna push them. You're gonna make the NHL, you have to make the NHL or else you're yeah. less than. My yeah, parents yeah. never said a word to me okay, about that's good, yeah. playing any sports. I could mm -hmm. do whatever I wanted. You naturally wanted to make it happen for yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I was like a confused, I was a confused kid, mm -hmm. you know, like um, like a lot of us, I think we're like growing up and mm -hmm. I was just, like I How said. How like, explain that a little bit more. So um, I'm like, I'm an empath, so I'm like very sensitive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I feel a lot, feel things, and my parents were like just old school Italian, you mm -hmm. know, and like they would, it's three boys, and now I get it because I'm a parent to three kids, having yeah. a fourth, and we, we used to just beat the shit out of each other, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. So like, <laughs> and like my oldest son, or even when my daughters pull each other's hair, I'm like, I get mad because gotcha. Yeah, not because don't I don't them. love them, I don't want to see them hurting each other. Of course, yeah. So now I get it, my mom, right, she would just lose her, her shit. But, <laughs> um, and uh, I just don't think that back then it was so normal, but it affected me, like, personally, right? Like, I had a lot of frustration and anger mm -hmm. um, that, luckily, I was able to take out on the rink, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think back to it in my small town, like, my mom, poor thing, like, had to walk around with these other parents and I was just bulldozing these kids, you know? <laughs> like everybody like hated my mom, you know? Because like I was just so funny, man. Just different. It was just different. Yeah, and um yeah, I played double A mm -hmm. my my whole life, so not the top league. Explain that a little bit more for people that don't know what that is. Yeah, so in Canada there's single A, there's double A, okay. and there's triple A. Okay. Um in MMA, there's like different tiers, right? Yeah, it's so like, like regional scene. Yeah. You got your amateurs, you got your pro regional, and then you go into like UFC, Bellator. Same type. It's just like select, mm -hmm. you know, beginner, select, elite. Same gotcha. type of same type of thing. So if you're not playing AAA at your age group in Canada in hockey, you're not at the top level. You're not playing against the top level talent, so you're not getting scouted really, right? Gotcha. At double okay. A, single A. So I was always the best player in double A. I just really liked this coach. Um, and my parents, they couldn't have three kids in AAA. It was just like super expensive. It, okay, it gets expensive the, the higher you go. Uh -huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Like even back then, we were paying three, four grand a kid. Really? Yeah. Wow. Plus the equipment. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that was that per season or per season? Yeah. yeah just to register on mm. top of the sticks. College I believe. Yeah, it, man. Yeah. It's it's an expensive, but that's why there's not much. There's not much reach into other community. Like it's the rink costs a lot of money to upkeep. I used to own a rink when I first retired. And yeah. Um, but so I played double A, so I always had a chip on my shoulder. I always had, you know, something to prove. Um, and uh, and then I just happened to one year there was an opening for a team in the middle of the season. I had a falling out with my coach. Mm -hmm. So I went to I went to try out for this triple A team. Mm -hmm. And there's, there was this guy, Anthony Stewart, on the team where he was like the number one prospect in hockey. Okay. So 
every single fucking scout was at every single game. And I ended up making the team nice. with two practices. Yeah. Showed out, yeah. Yeah, and like I started on the fourth line mm -hmm. with like, you know, two guys that were still amazing players, but mm -hmm. you know, and I just worked my way up. That's dope. Got drafted in the sixth round to the OHL at uh, uh, 16 years old. Wow. You get drafted early. That's crazy. The OHL is a Canadian hockey league, so it's a developmental league. Okay. So, so are you st you're not going to school at this point then? I'm in, uh, I'm in high school. school. You're in high school. Yeah. You staying in high school and you still get signed or what? Yeah, yeah I got drafted to the NHL. I was. Uh, That's fucking insane. I was a junior. Bro. Going to Alabama. Going to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, going I'm to in practice. homeroom and shit, bro. About to uh -huh. make this happen on TV. Oh, yeah. That's it crazy. Was, it, was That's pretty, cool. it was pretty wild. So the developmental league in Canada, if you want to fast track to the NHL, mm -hmm. is the Canadian Hockey League, it's called. So a lot of guys move away from home at 15 years old, 16 years old, mm -hmm. live with a billet family, you go to high school, and then you're playing against the top talent in Canada. But a lot of American kids are there too yeah. in this league. Yeah. And that's where you get scouted to the NHL. Okay. You're still, there's some kids that choose to go to university, but I went to Cornell, I went to RPI, I was like, I loved school, okay. still do. I love learning and okay. curious, curious nice. guy. Um, but I just chose, I'm like, hey, if I'm going to make it, mm -hmm. I get a school package here. So if I don't make it, I could always go back to school. Yeah. And Smart. I just rolled the dice because then, like, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm going to be playing against kids that are coming out of university at 22, yeah. getting into the league. Meanwhile, I graduated high school. I turned pro at, at 18 and a half, 19. Nice. Yeah. So, all right, now we're you're, you're pro... Where, where'd you where'd you play again? Uh, so I got drafted to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins. 72nd overall. So nice. I just kind of kept sixth round, you know, double A, triple A, Working sixth round, 72nd overall in the world. Fucking just, awesome, man. Just kind of leveling up. Man. When you went to Pittsburgh, like, what was the what was initial as a rookie? Like, was there any hazing going on? Like, what was going on there? Yeah. Well, I mean, in junior, there was a, there was a ton. Yeah. There was a ton, yeah. It's a okay. very, like, um, cult-like mentality right like where everything stays in the room mm. um and i never got it like we got it it's funny you mentioned this because actually on sunday i'm going to canada because okay. there was a uh i put forth a class action lawsuit against the canadian hockey league because we got it like that bad wow yeah yeah and Damn. it's just very it's rampant yeah. it's rampant and it's and it's, it's still going on yeah it still happens yeah Shit. and like it's like it's just an old boys club you know and <laughs> one of the things that I pride myself on yeah. is like I'm accountable to anybody in my life mm -hmm. to myself to my kids right and that was drilled into me as an athlete yeah. where accountability better show up ready to play your role on sure. this team yeah. so then I look at like the higher-ups and nobody's accountable everybody's kind of you know pushing this stuff under the rug and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Um, with a platform, luckily I have a platform that yeah. I, could, I could talk about my own story. I wasn't perfect, you know, passing it on too. Yeah. Um, but hopefully it doesn't, hopefully like it's hard enough, man, me moving away at 15 years old, dealing with like for a sure. totally new yeah. high school, yeah. new billet family, and then the hazing on top of trying to get drafted to the NHL. It was, yeah, it was a lot, but I made it through it. And, um, I, I'm like really grateful for everything in my life. The, the hard, the bad, the good, because I don't know if I would have been car bomb in the NHL if like, yeah, that yeah, hazing yeah. didn't happen to me. Listen, right? the, so, like, hold on with that know. one. Hold on. Let's, let's bring it back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, it, it's a testament to your your testicular fortitude. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so with that, now you're, at the, you're with the Penguins. Uh-huh. Talk about the nickname. Yeah. yeah what happened here? So it was actually later. It was later. So I got drafted in 2003. Gotcha. Uh, when I was um, 18. Mario Lemieux was mm, still a no. player owner. Okay, okay. Eddie Olchuk was the coach. Um, there was like Kovalev was there. There was like some legends. Names. So you get drafted. You go, you, you go to training camps. Yeah. But then if you don't make the team, you go back to junior. Right. Okay, okay. So, like, you get this taste of NHL similar to life baseball too, as well. Yeah. You got a minor. Very similar. Shit. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Very similar. And then, um, and then once you're old enough, you, you graduate uh, or you or you turn 19, then you can turn pro. Okay. So then I go to the AHL, the, the feeder league, mm -hmm. right? So I had a two way contract, um, but I was playing like against guys like in camp, like Sidney Crosby and these types of guys. Oh, yeah. Damn. Played a year and a half in the AHL. Now. When I left the OHL, I was 165 pounds soaking wet. 
I was I fought maybe four times in yeah, the league. Yeah. I scored thirty goals a year. Mm -hmm. Like I was I was a player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I knew I was also like I would smoke guys. Mm -hmm. So like in hockey, it's very you get your honorable. So like you hit it, you make a big hit, you see it all the time. Boom, there's a fight, right? Yeah. Somebody sticks up for for that guy. Gotcha. So that summer, I put on thirty pounds. Um, wow. And then I yeah. went into the AHL. And I knocked out uh, this guy, Kevin Cauley, in my first fight. And all these guys knew me as this 165 kid, yeah. right? And all these, they're old men. You're, you're playing with, like, there's kids in the room. Did they recognize you? Yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of, but they're like, fuck. where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, for you know? sure. And did, I they, was, did, they, did they try to say you were on steroids? Uh, that's probably the next thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe I did a half a cycle of Winstrol. I don't know. <laughs> You know, and he was in there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and, 30 uh, pounds, yeah. you know, got it. Um, but I just knew that, like, the way that I played the game and how hard I went, I'm gonna have to protect myself, yeah, and I'm gonna have to stick up for myself. And then, um, unfortunately or fortunately, yeah. I started just fucking knocking guys out that I should have no business knocking yeah. guys out mm -hmm. but i also like at that point in my life i was very reckless i was yeah. very mm -hmm. on and off the ice i was like i'm gonna make a fucking name for myself and it's gonna be me and not you yeah and um and then you kind of get not pigeonholed but i just mm -hmm. i used fighting to add that to my resume you yeah can skate you can hit you know you can yeah. you can shoot and you'll stick up for yourself and teammates and you can actually shift the energy of a game mm -hmm. with a big hit or a big fight so when you like as you got a, more aggressive we were always aggressive though yeah right always. growing up when did you make that shift and was like man listen i'm just gonna fight every fucking body like what was it was it was it because you got bigger was that it did that help i was just like with everything that happened in junior on top of the childhood stuff and i was just fucking i was lonely and i was just like i was mm. fucking angry you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um you let and, it out on the opponents yeah but mm -hmm. on the ice off the ice i was like very chill. calm and yeah. yet very chill you know the way that you know me and the way that you know me i'm yeah. just you know but you know don't mistake like kindness for weakness kind of I just, thing, you, you know? just turn the switch on yeah exactly and that's, and that's honestly that's kind of what the best fighters do man right you know like they yeah. turn the switch on when the time comes to yeah. allow us to do what we need to do and not get um, in trouble for it. You don't need to, yeah, you, like, it's like, uh, talk less, you know, and yeah. like, you don't, you don't need to always be the guy. Usually mm -hmm. those people, they're not the, they're not the guy. Yeah, yeah, right? So, sure. um, so yeah, I mean, I just started fighting and I started to get a name for myself around the league and then when that happens, mm -hmm. every single fucking guy wants a piece of you. You oh, know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're the new kid? Okay, let's try me out. So, you know? yeah, this is crazy, man, because we were out there, we had, we trained, yeah. you were showing me like Still can't feel the my techniques. fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Don't worry. Um, the techniques on like how you actually fight on the ice. Yeah, yeah. And like so, it's almost like there's an agreement, right? Uh -huh. There's an agreement there. Yep. They're like, yeah, we're fighting now. Uh huh. But then there's like a level of like almost like you're you're a gentleman in a sense because there's no you're not like elbowing you're not doing shit dirty like mm -hmm. there's a certain level that you can get to and when the guy falls you stop punching yeah like yep. usually if you're like a straight savage you're like i'm gonna cut this dude with my 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 skate yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? well there were, and then trust me there were some guys where you fucking fish hook them at the bottom of the fucking oh, pool. Yeah, you don't yeah. fucking that's stop. happy gilmore right oh there, yeah bro. yeah yeah He's well because but you only do that to guys that are fucking dirty yeah, right yeah. like and that like try to go after guys that don't fight and it's like all right yeah. you know if you willies yeah you, you get it back but for sure i mean the technique is very very different than any type of like street fighting any mma yeah. any type it of is. boxing it definitely is yeah. yeah it's a lot of um leverage too leverage mm -hmm. push and pull mm -hmm. right grabbing a jersey yep. you know blocking the right when somebody's punching and then trying to get them off balance mm -hmm. um obviously reach for yep. sure yep. and then having having the balls to stand in there and watch a punch go by your nose so yeah. that you can get one in it's that's similar to mma have you let me ask you this have you been what's the hardest you've been hit first of all on yeah. on the ice yeah and have you knocked people out oh yeah yeah i've knocked yeah i've knocked several people out oh. i've never been knocked out cool. uh, but i have jared bull um early in my career like 
you know, when your wires cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got me um, uh, in, in the Coyotes, and I kind of just zoom, and then you're back. Gotcha, you know, but gotcha. that was the closest that I've ever I'd ever been Man. to to getting knocked out. Yeah, that's crazy. And how many fights have you been in overall in your career? Uh, over 164. Yeah, I think wow. 164. Silly. How yeah. many? How many games? Have the you only been? reason I know that is because I have a. This is like you have a record. No, it's a <laughs> concussion lawsuit against the NHL. So it's like my lawyer's like, hey, yeah, you gotta you know, know that. Oh, yeah. You know that you were in 164 fights. 164. Wow. Just many? in the NHL. In the AHL, probably like another 50 or 60. Damn. So 200. How many games yeah. overall have you played in? You know. How many what? How many games overall have you played in? Uh, around 700. 700? Yeah. Well, about 30% of your career. Damn, bro. Yeah, yeah. My math's on. That's like, yo, I'm just, you just know you're going to fight in there. How long did it last? It, yeah. The what, the fights? The fights? It shouldn't last that long, though, right? 30, 40, 50 seconds, you know? That's about right. That's like a street fight, so, in a sense. Yeah. About right. Sometimes longer. Sometimes there's... They let them go for a while, too, right? Yeah, sometimes there's marathons, yeah. There's a couple, like, me and Derek Dorsett. Okay. And I, I, I always like fighting big guys. Uh-huh. Um, because like the, the young, squirrely ones that like yeah. to fight, you know, like Dorsett, me and him had a couple battles. But yeah. they would go like minute and a half, yeah. two minutes where you're like, Damn. you know when you breathe so hard that you, you taste blood in your oh, throat? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just toast for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's over now. Yeah, it's over. yeah, yeah. Do you have enforcers that are set on the team? Like they know exactly who the, who the other enforcers are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like when I was playing, mm-hmm. it was almost the stuff where like sometimes games would start with a line brawl like just for no fucking reason (laughs) oh yeah dude like you would so like the coaches the home coach would know who they're starting so if they're fucking gonna start their fourth line which is usually brawlers Mm -hmm. then they would start their fourth line so Mm -hmm. fourth line would usually match up against fourth line third line's like a grinder line or a checking line so that would usually match up against the top two lines which are all offense Okay. But dude, most games, these guys would just like look at each other and just print and just start. I I never liked that. Mm -hmm. I was never like that. And I always, I always made people come after me. Mm -hmm. So like there had to be a reason for me to fight you. I'm not just going to fight you out of just, just because you want to fight. Yeah. What was the main reasons why you got into it? Pits. You know, like if just somebody a, gets just a dirty hit or something. Yeah, not even a dirty one. Even if it's, a, <laughs> even, you know, that shit was a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You. and you see it all the time. That's funny, man. Because you kind of you have it's like to. Che- people checking them into the board and shit like that, right? Yeah, like, or just like you know, uh, you pass the puck to a guy and there's just a like and it's a blindside hit. It's exactly. your fault because you put the guy in the position, yeah. right? You're leading him into this defenseman, yeah. and so you're like, oh fuck, okay. Then you gotta go and fight that guy because yeah. you just. You know, got your guy. Fucking Have hurt. you ever fought your teammates? Yeah, oh yeah. Like in <laughs> practice, you yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, man. Oh yeah, that's like the thing yeah. about sports nowadays. Where I, like, I mean, I have plenty yeah. of times, so I was just imagining. For sure, like, dude. Definitely. Like even in practice, you yeah. know, where absolutely because you go, you go yeah. fucking hard. You you practice like you play. Yeah, yeah always. Yeah. No, right? I I used to have to punch people in the face. He knows. Yeah, I punch people in the face many a time. But when you guys would like spar, you guys would. Like you're going a hundred. Oh no, no, I'm talking about like football and shit like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I had I got in fights, high school football, college. Yeah. You know, I, I remember one time like we, this was on a walkthrough right before our game, uh, right before the game, um, and the guy like, he said something to me and I was just like whatever, bro, like, do what you got to do. And so he took his helmet off. I'm like, you dumb fuck. Like you take again, another person taking his helmet off. Yeah. I was like, perfect, <laughs> yeah. go ahead, take your helmet off. Like and then he ran after me and like I was still boxing, so I, I, I knew how to fight since I was a kid. Yeah. So he ran after me and tried to tackle me. And I just kind of pushed my hips in and then what I like well, hit him with a couple uppercuts yeah. and then grabbed his head and just slung him down. And when I slung him down, I landed on my ribs. Like his head was in between my ribs and the floor. Ugh. And I just heard, oh, like that. And I was like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> but I'm just like, punching the shit out of them. And um, they kicked me out. Of the, they kicked me out of the game, or they kicked me out of the. Uh, they kicked me off the field, and they then I couldn't play the game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so I was yeah. like, fuck, man, whatever. But yeah, there's been plenty of times. I could name a few more, but what I want to say is that, like, because of the fact that you had the drive, the determination, and like for me in general, like I know that. If my teammates aren't upholding a certain level of, yeah. of effort and yeah. quality, 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get after you yeah. because you're hurting the entire system. You're hurting Absolutely. my team and you're hurting me. Absolutely. So I understand that. That's why I asked. So yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pretty sure you did that. And it's like it's not most hockey guys. They know, right? Like we mm-hmm. grow up. You fucking have to go hard, mm-hmm. right? And some guys have off days and stuff. It was more so like. Dude, like the you know there'd be puck battles where you just yeah. coaches would you know you line up here and you flip the puck in the corner and whoever fucking comes out gets and some guys you match up yeah. and like you, you beat a guy two three times well uh-huh. and like all right I'm gonna f- you're starting to embarrass me so I'm yeah, gonna yeah, fucking yeah. come hard you know <laughs> even though he's your teammate and you're not trying to like take his knees yeah. or anything like that but you're just a man and you yeah. you know you gotta yeah. fucking step it up sometimes and it, it gets a little egregious. Do you do you fight on the ice or do you? Do you, have you gotten fights in the locker room and oh, shit yeah. too? Everywhere. Yeah, me too. Everybody true. can get in. Oh yeah. It well, matter. especially with like the junior stuff and the hazing, man. Yeah. I fucking there were so many times where I just fucking snapped. I'm and, sure, yeah. And I just, you know, that's on un- the bus. It's unnecessary. Like, like, yeah. it, it's super unnecessary to do that anyway. Yeah. So I understand that. But it's a part of the like, culture. It was a part of the culture back then, you know? Yeah, like, it yeah. really was. It was ingrained and we've talked about yeah. this. Like abuse is hard to stop. Like, mm-hmm. when it's happened to you, you just mm-hmm. think it's normal and you're going to do it to the next guy and the next guy and the next mm-hmm. guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I really don't blame the guys because it was fucking normal, a, you know? Yeah. But, like, all the fucking adults knew. So, it's like the coaches knew, everybody. Uh, they actually participated. So, that's where I get a little, Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Yeah. They're so, supposed to be there to stop that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not conducive to a fucking team. I could yeah. never understand why, like, we're supposed to be tight, like yeah. a tight-knit community in a group because it's hard man like getting together like 25 guys and 22 guys playing every night towards a common goal and dude we play 82 fucking games a year over 184 days plus travel yeah that's a lot you're with them a lot you're with them a lot yeah. yeah man so i'd rather have it be like a cohesive unit did it ever get to that point where it felt like it was cohesive yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Like even that year, mm-hmm. there were still times where it was where it was great, you yeah. know. Um, right. And uh, I've been lucky. I was really lucky, especially towards the end of my career, mm-hmm. to play on really amazing fucking teams. Like I went to the Stanley Cup Finals four times in my last five years mm. uh, with three different teams, nice. and I won twice. That's awesome. So like to see, and the only reason what separates those teams from other teams that don't win or get there is like a core group of vets mm. that that hold everybody accountable to a fucking yeah to a very high fucking standard for sure and if you don't if you're not there yeah. you're fucking gone in a week man that's how quickly you get traded i feel like that's every successful team you know yeah. in a lot of ways like they have to have good guidance they have to have leadership they have to have a system in place and they, everybody has to play their part team or business yeah anything absolutely like if you look at you know or any successful society or um family units or you know yeah yeah and it's such um it's such a team sport hockey but it's also very individualized because you have to have your shit together every single night even if you're out of the lineup because then if you're not prepared for the opportunity, then you go into the game and you and you're not up to that standard, then you're fucking out again. Yeah. And yeah. you might not get a, you might not ever get another shot. So it's very you're always in this fight mode, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh I just never knew how to flight, you know. It was yeah, always yeah, yeah. always go after it. Go, go, go. Was the se- and I'm pretty sure this is true, but the season probably was very stressful, right? At the end yeah. of the day, just because non non-stop games early fighting. on it's fun yeah you know, well, you're like, younger too and you're like yeah. ready to go yeah, yeah yeah or just early in seasons like the first 20 games yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. like fucking get back from the summer even at pro you know it's yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like a that's when all the guys go after all their cookies like mm-hmm. like there's tons of goals scored because then towards the end of the season everything fucking tightens up you know because mm-hmm. it's playoffs and it's more defense oriented but yeah. okay that's, yeah. that's interesting yeah so all right so now going into it you're you're professional, doing well, fighting everybody. Okay, where did all of this, like, concussions and things of that nature, how did that all happen? And then what happened after that in relation to the concussions? Yeah, so um, so my first five years in the league, mm-hmm. um, I had five concussions. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them at all. Back to back, or was it, like, I, Honestly, I 
I don't fucking don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember my last two, and that was in my last five years. Um, but um, like, I was just again, I was living a very fast life. Like, so I was, you know, I was taking opiates, and mm. I was drinking a ton, and I was not good to myself, to people around me, mm. and it was it was um, showing up in like a lot of injuries. That's when I blew my ACL. Like, yeah. but then I had an aha moment at 25. I asked for help. After I had two surgeries back to back in ten days, got mm. prescribed some hydrocodone oxys, and like it was, it just took me down on top of like all the other trauma. Yeah, because it just numbed everything out. It was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but so then at twenty five, I asked for help, and then I got introduced to like before I would just slam a case of beer to go to bed after sure. a game, yeah. and I got introduced to uh, breath work, to yep. meditation, nice. to like journaling, to mm. like being in like in touch with myself and knowing when something's off and then how to fix it with, with not by numbing it out, but by like Dealing breathing into it, you gotcha. know, and gotcha. like getting into it. Yep. And so when I did that at 25, when I asked for help, that's when everything changed in my life. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I started eating better. One of my best friends came into my life. He's no longer with us, but Steve Monitor. Steve, yeah. yeah. And he, um, uh, he had 19 concussions mm -hmm. in the NHL. Um, so what, what, yeah, what started happening was like, these guys were getting older. Mm -hmm. Um, there were a lot of guys that passed away in a very short amount of time, like yeah. three years. I think there were seven or eight guys and all, almost all of them had CT. Oh man. So I was like, oh fuck. And then the whole yeah. NFL stuff yeah. in 2013 was coming out and I, I just knew and I felt and I saw symptoms in myself, you know? Explain a little bit more about the symptoms. So, um, more irritability. Yeah. Uh, very hard to control my impulses, mm. like on the ice, off the ice. Sleep was fucking always terrible, mm. like insomnia. Um, I never, ever had anxiety or depression, or at least I didn't think. I wasn't clinically diagnosed, <laughs> yeah. but I look back on it now, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, did I ever have it? <laughs> like, yeah. it was present. Um Headaches, head pressure, yeah. you know, just different stuff. Loss of appetite. Mm. Um, dizziness? Yeah, no, actually, no. I didn't have I didn't have the dizziness. Okay. I didn't have the okay. dizziness part. Um, you know, it shows up differently in some people. Yeah. Yeah, man, like, for me, light bothers me. And then okay. um, if I walk through aisles, yeah. um, like close, like a grocery store aisles yeah. or whatever, I'll start to get, like, vertigo. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And maybe I didn't because I always had to be... Like, my vestibular system was always dialed because I was on these fucking thin steel skates all the time. You that's know true. I mean? so yeah, that makes that's, sense. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I started seeing these symptoms. I, I honestly started to, like, be less engaged in the game because I was starting to get tired of it. Like, sure, that makes you know? sense. Yeah, you've been um, in it for a while then. Yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. And then, and then um, Steve uh, got cleared for four concussions in uh 12 weeks mm. it was his 16th 17th 18th and 19th documented concussion yeah, 12 weeks yeah in a professional league oh my goodness man and uh i watched him so when i came to the team at 25 when i got better steve yeah. was sober for seven years so he showed me everything man he showed me how yeah. to live a fucking happy fulfilling this this motherfucker tons of tags like like you like good looking fucking dude yeah. good charisma yeah everybody wanted to be around him it's like okay how do i get a little bit of that yeah. you know yeah um but then after those concussions completely changed you know and i saw it and i we tried to like i tried my best to help him um mm -hmm. he was out of the game for a year and a half and then then he passed away uh, his anniversary was on the 15th and yeah. um eight years which is crazy yeah and so then i saw the same things in me earlier in the year i had my son um born i didn't want to be an absent father um my dad worked a lot nothing wrong with that he showed that's the way he showed his love yeah i just i wanted to be there so then i um made a call to arms said that we need we need better protocols we need better treatments like mm -hmm. we take care of our body like what you do you yeah we don't like we don't ever train the brain or protect the brain or yep. rehabilitate the brain yep. and the brain is the computer that operates everything the fast switch muscle all this stuff For there's sure, yeah. tons of studies that show Operating like if you system. have a brain injury you're more susceptible to like pulling your acl or tearing your acl it's like mm -hmm. so um started to see all this stuff and i'm like you know i i think i'm done 
Mm-hmm. So I. Um, what year was this? 2015. I was 30. 30. 30 years old. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, that's when that's when the real battle started. Yeah. Was, uh, well, yeah, with no purpose. Definitely like some early onset dementia. I was just talking about that too. Right. Yeah, Athletic it, identity. I went down. I went down fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in your wife's life. She's used to you being on the road every other day. Yeah, and yeah. You're fucking up her routine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, right? So, like, if there's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. And she now sees me as a completely different person, right? And, yeah. like, and just like I'm an asshole. And it's. And Why, though? Why is that? Just it, all the symptoms, you yeah. know? Like, with. But I was trying to manage it. I'm not the type of person to, like, burden people with, yeah. oh, I got this going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just trying, trying to. Like inside, you were trying to manage it. Yeah, yeah. everything. And I was like... Internally, is crazy. 15 Fighting symptoms. It. A five-symptom day was like fucking awesome. Wow. You know, but yeah. most of the time, it was like 10 or 15. <laughs> we got a light day today, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> light work today. Yeah. And uh, um, I didn't want to be around her friend. I didn't want to be around anybody. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. But when I'm my healthiest, I'm like, I am yeah. outgoing. And I like sure. being around. I like feeding off of people's energy. Yeah. And... Um, so I knew that I needed help, Okay. you know? And so that's, that's when I started to like, I think that's why my wife's an angel, but that's why she stayed with me because it wasn't like I was going to like just sit on the couch and fucking, yeah. what was me? I was going to neurological centers. I was spending my money going to CT brain banks. I was spending my money on supplements. I was doing hyperbaric chambers, float tanks, holistic treatments. I was okay. trying everything that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing ocular training, vestibular training. Like, this is why me and me and Nick drive so much because, like, mm-hmm. of the science of the brain. You don't have to be a doctor to like listen to these people and absorb this information and then just understand. Awareness. Yeah, and yep. what works for you and what yep. doesn't. Yep. Um, so that that carried on for about five years, mm-hmm. and I'd spent about a half a million bucks, and I was like. I was kind of getting better, but then I'd go back and then I'd wow. get better and I'd go back. And then Damn. nobody would look at like my hormones, these okay. clinics, right? Because it's yep. like, well, no, 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 come into the clinic and do the ocular and vestibular training. Um, and in my head, I'm like, why isn't anybody looking at like what my body's naturally doing? And I knew the pituitary gland sits in a rigid part of your skull and mm-hmm. started reading papers and PubMed papers. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Like, let me test my hormones. These guys yeah. won't do it. Yeah. So I started doing that, and um, uh, every six months I would change modalities, mm-hmm. diagnostics, check my brain blood. Okay. Um, and I just got to a point where I was like, I kind of, you lose hope when you think you try everything, yeah. you know, and there's no other treatments to try. Yeah. This was right around um, 2000, 2019. Okay. And I started seeing all these studies coming out on like psychedelics, mainly psilocybin, the active ingredient of magic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. My former teammate, I was also going very hard at the NHL because, mm-hmm. you know, they withheld information similar to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I was angry, sitting yeah. on my couch, you know, not doing much, still no real purpose, like just being a dad, yeah. you know, which was, which was difficult in its own right. For sure. Took this invitation to go to Denver, um, mm-hmm. almost skipped the flight, probably wouldn't be here if I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I took, um, I took five grams of uh, magic mushrooms, mm-hmm. you know, psilocybin is the active ingredient. Yeah. Um, and um, I woke up the next morning and the only way I could describe it is feeling the way I should. Mm-hmm. I had this little inkling of feeling how I was before I left home for junior, mm-hmm. before I really started taking all the abuse and the big hits and the hazing and all that stuff that obviously can put you on a different path, yeah. addiction and anger. And um, and then for two weeks, man, um, my wife's like, what is going on? Like I was sleeping. Oh, wow. I, w- I could go outside without the glasses. I had the sunlight sensitivity too. Mm-hmm. Walked out on the farm on the, th- on the second or third day and I was like, oh fuck. And I tried to go immediately, I would get a headache. Nothing, I was oh, fine. Probably like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> am I okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt creative again. Nice. I felt like like I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And so all these symptoms started to lessen in intensity or fade away. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? So then I started research. They were putting people under fMRI 
fMRI, just you know, measuring the brain, um, uh, brain connectivity, and I started to see um, the things that these doctors in the clinics were telling me they could do, which was um, identify the area of my brain shut down due to trauma. Concussion's not on the whole brain, right? It's usually on one, yeah, two areas. Sections and shit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I saw all these, all these like connections being made mm -hmm. and it happened with like five dollars worth of mushrooms <laughs> and um there's a reason why my ancestors like those mushrooms yeah for sure they did <laughs> i mean well and your ancestors would use them for different reasons yeah. not only to cure the sick yeah right but they would use it in battle, battle yeah. because it it heightens your visual acuity yeah. your auditory sense sensations yeah. like everything man mm -hmm. it's I mean, a lot of fighters take it when they're when they're fighting because they can yeah. see, they can almost read. Oh no, yeah, it does. Coming, it, it's right? clarity for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew nothing gets fixed in five hours, so I worked with this PhD biochemist mm -hmm. to to do a microdose. Right, you can't hallucinate all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I I put we put we put CBD in it, right, which is minimally processed. Um, and then we did like lion's mane, increasing BDNF, mm -hmm. uh, reishi, cordyceps, immunity, yeah, chaga. All the adaptogens, yeah. Yep. Nice. Added turmeric and piperine, activated. Oh, and then um, six months later, I tested, I tested my brain blood before I went, tested it after. No abnormalities in my brain scans. Awesome. Um, <laughs> like blood work was completely clear. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. How did that affect... I don't want to go hormones now because I'm thinking about testosterone and, and concussions yeah. and there is some, there is some, absolutely, you know, some correlation there. Absolutely. How did that affect your testosterone levels in general? I had the free testosterone of a 72 year old male before I did the psilocybin. Uh, the, my cortisol levels were six times as, as, as much as the average male my age. Were so, you at a heightened state of cortisol yeah, at that point? Time. Yeah. I was stuck in that, that fight mode. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't calm down. My, my nervous system was, and that's a special sauce of psilocybin too, right? It, it uh, what it does is it works on the default mode network in the brain. Mm. Um, and so for a moment, more than a moment, usually hours, your, um, everywhere that like Daru thinks he is from, from the, from either the good things, the trauma, the schooling, the learning from the childhood, all of the things that make you, you, yeah. that gets shut off. So you're able to if you don't like who you are mm -hmm. you're able to shut this part of your brain and you're able to um this is why there's a lot of preparation and integration yeah. you're able to tell yourself a different story um and you come out of these ceremonies feeling like a new person mm. um but it just made me stress less you know it made me feel more connected to myself to my wife to my kids nice. to nature to just everything that's cool it made me, it helped me reconcile all the bad things that I thought happened, but made me realize those were necessary for me to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And then I just um, started to like talk about it, you know, even though it's a, it's a schedule one substance, it's, it's, yeah. it's illegal, but there were so many studies and there's still studies coming out through the FDA and, um, you know, it's breakthrough therapy designation. So I thought yeah. if the FDA is saying this, then, you know, this is, it's going to be a medicine soon. So. Yeah. How far along are we to get to that level? So Compass Pathway is in phase two with the FDA using a synthetic mm -hmm. um, derivative of psilocybin. They're probably three, four years out, okay. you know, to having like actual medicine. Yeah. The problem with that, well, I shouldn't say the problem, they're going after a very specific indication. So if, if you or you or myself don't have major depressive disorder, mm -hmm. I won't be able to get access okay. to that psilocybin. But mm -hmm. the good thing is um, I've worked on policy, statewide legislation. So you can go to the states and, and start influencing um, things like adult therapeutic use programs. Yeah. So I, got, I helped get Measure 109 passed in Oregon mm -hmm. where we decriminalized cacti, MDMA, psilocybin, and, a, and an African root plant called Ibogaine. Mm -hmm. um, and then we created this framework within the state so that people don't have to fly to Jamaica, Costa Rica, like all of these unregulated markets. Yeah. And they can go to Oregon uh, once licenses open up in the fall mm -hmm. and take psilocybin. And you're not a patient, right? Like you would be with a major depressive disorder. You're a yeah. client. 
So you can go there just to expand your consciousness if you want. Oh, wow. You can go there and take it to... Relax. Fucking... Yeah, dude, just, just like... Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's another thing, and, and Nick, you can probably expand on this. How does one <laughs> get clinically diagnosed with depression? Subjective indicators, sometimes, sometimes it's objective. Yeah. One of the biggest ones is physical changes. Are you eating less, eating more, gaining weight, losing weight? So right? it's subjective, basically. A clinical, because I remember I was in school for clinical psychology, and yeah. one of the classes I took was psychopathology, where you literally learn every disorder from the DSM-5, and you have to memorize all the <laughs> indicators. <laughs> and yeah. for depression, there's is nine. Is Madras, Madras scale is what they use? Uh, there's, there's a few different yeah. ones, but I guess there's nine indicators such as loss of weight, five pounds, gain of weight, five pounds, okay. a, a strong change in your social life. Are you doing the common things you used to do? Are you going yeah. to work? Are you getting out of bed? So I can ask you that if I'm your, your psychologist. Yeah, there's I no physiological explanation. There is, but they're not using those. That's kind of what I wanted to ask. Why is there such a big push, like say using depression? Obviously that's an extreme, but this could help us in day-to-day -day function yeah. versus things that are like allowed. Is that because of pharma? <laughs> The pharmaceutical industry? No, it's because of the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. So when Nixon started the war on drugs, wow. right, mm -hmm. um, and scheduled, think about it. Mm -hmm. Two of the Schedule One drugs, Schedule One, the definition is there's no medicinal value yeah. and they're highly addictive. Mm -hmm. Marijuana is a Schedule One. Yeah. Psilocybin is a Schedule One. These things grow freely out of nature. So yeah. government said those two things, and primarily those because... Politics. Yeah, they, they imprisoned, they found a way with this for-profit jail system to imprison black and brown communities that loved marijuana and psilocybin. So we are seeing now, and like I said, man, dude, they've been using these, these compounds for tens of thousands of years probably. Like the, the, where, where mushrooms grow, this mycelium network is the largest bacterial network on earth. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it makes up all of our soil that yep. we're now depleting by spraying it with glyphosate and all this <laughs> bullshit. Um, so the war on drugs happened and then there's so much money being made. So the thinking is if you start with without an indication, mm -hmm. an indication is depression, anxiety, and you say, well, let's go after human consciousness, mm -hmm. then the government's going to say, well, this is this is the fucking 60s all over again. Yeah. Leary and like, fuck that. Let's put yeah. that shit back in a box. We're not going to yeah, allow you to develop it. Mm -hmm. So we start with these indications where major depressive disorder is a classification that you've tried two or three other treatments and nothing works. So mm -hmm. you are now classified as, as major depressive disorder. Mm -hmm. You get these approved then you can start opening up state programs then you can start talking about expanding consciousness or working out yeah. like how how beneficial these things are yeah. as, as neuro anti-inflammatory agents you so can, at the moment right now uh, microdosing is illegal absolutely yep is it going to be legalized in colorado oregon in those states you can go there soon? Yeah, yeah. So um, Measure 109 passed. Right now what we're doing, uh, or people are doing, and myself included, uh, you can yeah. apply for an application, right, gotcha. uh, for a service center, mm. or you can apply for a manufacturing, so you can actually grow the magic mushrooms to a standard, or you can test them, mm. or you can become a facilitator. Facilitator means essentially a therapist that's going to sit with somebody, yep. right, and, and take them through the ceremony. Some, similar to a shaman. Absolutely. Yeah. So set and setting are really important, right? Mm -hmm. So this is experiential medicine. Yeah. Um, so the the set intention that you have in your mind for why you want to do this mm -hmm. is extremely important. Absolutely. And you'll always yeah. get what you want from these mushrooms. It's 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 amazing. Mm -hmm. And then um, the setting with which you do it in is also just as paramount. Mm -hmm. If you take most people that have bad these bad trips, yeah. they take three grams of mushrooms and they go to a concert. Do not do that. <laughs> you, 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 you want to be in a safe spot, right? Yeah, be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Quiet, right? Yeah, like when you're on higher doses. Yeah. Um, you can do that on a microdose. Absolutely. You'll have a great time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very dose dependent, setting dependent, mm -hmm. um, your mindset, why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And if you 
can prepare with the right person that you feel comfortable with, yeah. who can advise you on the right dose based off of your set intention and who you are and your age. This is metabolism driven. It's not milligram per kilogram like most most medicines. Mm -hmm. Man, you can have you can have amazing fucking breakthroughs, yeah. amazing breakthroughs with which last. John Hopkins uh, has a study um, where uh, I believe it was um, a study on alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Two years later, I think um, over forty percent of the respondents still hadn't drank. Wow. Like one dose, hmm. yeah, alcohol really breaks down the neuron connections. Absolutely, but now you're talking about a cure. Yeah, definitely. That's I like, like that word. Oh that man, industry. that's a dangerous <laughs> word. This is like, <laughs> wait a minute, can't make money. Get it shut down already. They already shut this episode down. But everybody looks at. Um, it's funny. Like, what are the side effects? Because yeah. there's usually a lot of side effects with other medicines because that's how they can then... Antidepressants. The side effect is that you hallucinate. You know, the side effect is that you have to surrender to what this medicine is going to show you. Yeah. That's, that's fucking difficult for a lot of people, Yeah, you know? Yeah, it becomes a, a, a either... A very great experience or not so great experience. Yeah. Right? I think people are just afraid of that. Yeah. Primarily. Yeah. You got to put yourself in the right position. You got to know. You got to be in the right headspace to a degree and and be with somebody that knows what they're doing. And you don't force it on people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, people know. I, I talk about it because I know that it can save a lot of lives. But the people that hear the message, mm -hmm. they need to hear the message, right? Yeah. You don't. I don't talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I only talk about it when I'm asked, sure. you know, because yeah. you get called to it. Like if people are asking me about mushrooms, that mm -hmm. means there's not necessarily there's something wrong, mm -hmm. but there's something, there's an itch that, that they want to scratch, you know? Yeah, no, I've done, I've done microdosing before. And I was, I mean, at the end of the day, like I felt clear. Like, yeah. Uh, I felt happy. Yeah. You know, and more so, and for me, because of, everything that I'm doing yeah and um, it, I think a large half a large amount has to do with me having the concussions too as well absolutely so brain fog and things of that nature comes into play and I can't have that yeah you know I have to be on point all the time sharp so this is something that we could definitely utilize how much though and how and how frequent can you actually use it from a micro dosing standpoint um, so it's just dependent on the individual Mm -hmm. Right. So usually what people do is you got to find the dose that works for you. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you're microdosing, it's a subperceptual dose. So non hallucinogenic. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking a dose and you're coming into the gym and you're, you know, seeing the, your logo talking that shit's, to you. That shit's <laughs> popped out problem. already. Man. It's like, too what's much. Going <laughs> what's going so on here? Dial it back. You yeah. know, so usually what people do is they'll start between like 0 0.1 of a milligram, mm -hmm. extremely low. So 10% mm -hmm. of a gram. And then if, if they're not really feeling anything after kind of eight administrations, I always tell people just try it. Bump it. Not one time, right? Like yeah. try it, you know, eight, gotcha. eight gotcha. or nine or ten times. If that's not doing anything, then bump it up by like 0 0.025, mm. right? Uh, or you could bump it up to, to 0 0.2. And then if you're seeing stuff, bump it back down to 0 0.1. And if yeah. that's your sweet spot where you're not too edgy and you know sometimes, uh -huh. sometimes you see people like oh, like these, these guys who are talking about microdosing their eyes or like, it's like yeah. buddy like it's a little too much dial it back, back. back, yeah. back it down, though. and then you always always um i always advise people to take a break right yeah. so there's a bunch of different protocols you could take it five days on two days off mm -hmm. you could do every other day you could do three days on four days off mm. Um, you could do like, there's the Jim Fadden program, which is, um, you know, dose on day one, uh, day off on day two, rest day on day three, dose again on day four. Mm. And again, it's just dependent on how people feel for me and maybe for you. I had a lot of fucking damage, man. Not yeah. only concussions with subconcussive hits and yeah, I, of you know, yeah. so, um, it's been five years mm -hmm. and I will continue to do things in my life or use tools that work for me. Mm -hmm. This this tool, it's one tool, because mm -hmm. like you, you work out, you're, you know, yeah, I, I ride bike, like I still mm -hmm. meditate, etc. Eat, try to eat well. Um, uh, it's um, it's a tool that 
I'll continue to use as long as I, as long as I, f I feel good, you know, and as long as my blood keeps coming back clear and mm -hmm. there's a whole spiritual side to it that, mm -hmm. you know, I could sit here and talk for hours about it. Right. Um, where these medicines come from, these genetics, um, they come from the earth mm -hmm. and I truly believe that they want the best for us, mm -hmm. right? They're here to, there's a reason that we're all talking about society's talking about these new medicines yeah. um we've just gone down there's a reason really why it's actually path. on this earth you know what i mean yeah. there has to be a reason you know so absolutely makes sense. absolutely and it opens you up to new ideas yeah new thoughts you know in, in your blood work what did you see a difference in when you when you started doing this free testosterone you know um i had very low energy like fatigue yeah. um uh my free testosterone was that of a 72 year old male at 31 or 32 mm -hmm. um and yeah, then my well. yeah well. cortisol yeah stress hormone yeah super down. high you think that i mean was it the micro dosing or was it because you were in a better mental state that you were able to bring down your cortisol i think after the first big dose mm -hmm. that i did with on the farm i was able to just take a breath um one thing that happened in the ceremony, um, so the medicine will kind of like show you what's wrong in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like, man, it was three hours of fucking hell. Mm. Like, you know, everybody talks, well, oh, it's great. It's like, buddy, you, you, it's going to show you yeah. what's wrong because you're asking it, right? Even I is. was suicidal. I'm like, why am I, what's going on? Show it to me. Make me suffer. And then usually it then you know, massages it in and then it loves you and hugs you. And that's exactly what happened. So I was in this farm, I was going around in a loop. I was screaming, I was dry heaving. So you always fast before, yeah. uh, I was like, what is this? And, and, you know, these guys were trying to calm me down. They put their hand on my shoulder when, when someone would put, um, their hand on my, my wife always said, my love language is like touch. Yeah. So this hand felt like, like God, yeah. like, oh, wow, that was nice. And then, you know, I, but then I would walk away. Yeah. And I usually, I do that in my life too. Like I like to torture myself for whatever reason, even sometimes when I'm feeling good, you know? Yeah. So then I, and then I was lost, you know, and, and um, I was lost in my life. I had no purpose. I was like, yeah. you know, I was unhealthy. And um, so then they finally calmed me down mm. and, and we sat on a couch, they put on 432 hertz music, which is the frequency in nature. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then I started to feel good. And my former teammate had this long curly hair during his career, he, it, he had it cut. But um, I looked over at him and he came, like he was like reincarnated like Jesus with this long curly hair again. And, uh, and he looked at me and he said, um, He's like, this, he's like, I'm like, oh, I'm like starting to feel better. This is pretty amazing. He's like, good. He's like, this is why we wanted you here. We want you on this team. We wanted to like activate you, you know? And I said, I'm like, well, I'm like, why me? I'm such a fucking loser. Mm. And, and he's like, no, man, he's like, you're not like, we love you. You know, we want you here. And I was mm -hmm. like, as soon as I heard that, it was like, yeah. everything opened up. And I was just like, oh God, it was like this warm, beautiful fucking two next two hours was unbelievable like do you remember the next two hours oh yeah Did they go by fast or was it this podcast is brought to you by vivo barefoot now check out vivobarefoot.com that's the minimalistic shoe that i've been rocking on all my videos if you've been watching my instagram and youtube those are the shoes that i've been wearing to help my foot gain full foot functionality strengthen up the intrinsic muscles of the feet to allow myself to perform better and then also reduce the risk of injury now i personally like the geo racer knit and the primus light three check them out go to vivobarefoot.com and get the discount code daru 15 to get 15 percent off your final purchase all right now let's get on to the podcast yeah time dilates right so like yeah. five hours could feel like one yeah, yeah you yeah. know or five I hours can feel like 15 <laughs> yeah depending yeah. <laughs> you know um and uh no it was yeah it was an, it was an amazing amazing experience the only way i can describe it is um so like when when you hug your kids right you know, they, you ever get that feeling of like, it's that beam, yeah, you know, like unconditional yeah. love, they feel it. Yeah. And we lose that. We lose that feeling. That's the feeling that it mm -hmm. gives you. It was like, 
bam, like just just giving that to me. And I I lost that like big time lost yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know. And yeah. and then all of a sudden I stopped calling myself a a loser. Yeah. You know, and I stopped negatively talking to myself and I started to like uplift myself, mm -hmm. you know, over the, not right away, over the course of like the next year, mm -hmm. completely shifted mm -hmm. everything in my mindset. So now with this, you wanted to help people, right? Oh, yeah. It's helped you. Where are you at now with it? Try to give it away for free, you know, like information <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah, as absolutely. much as I can. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just connecting people with other other shamans or, That's or, cool. or medicine people yeah. because who has three or four years to wait? Is this like a program that you're doing? Yes. Yeah, so, well, so what happened was um, when I got this recovery, then I started to do the policy work. Mm -hmm. So uh, first we started in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and we got a whole thing, a whole bunch of compounds decriminalized. Um, and then I started to work on the statewide legislation. And then I started to think like, okay, I could help thousands of people here. That's cool. I also want to work on a medicine, right? There's no medicine that um, is prescribable for traumatic brain injuries. So we get prescribed, um, you know, Wellbutrin and all these antidepressants for our depression, which then increase the headaches and bring on a, Makes it's it like, oh yeah. my gosh. It's a, so I wanted to create- It's a Band-Aid at, at the most. Absolutely. So I wanted to create something through the FDA. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know how to build a team and play on a team. Yeah. So I, I went out and got a, um, with the help of Rick Doblin, MAPS. So MAPS is in phase three with the FDA using MDMA mm -hmm. for PTSD. It's an amazing tool. Wow. They were using it in the 60s, um, shuts down the amygdala uh, yeah. area of the brain, fear response. So you're able to like visit trauma, like sexual trauma or like war trauma, wow. things that you, That's gonna and be you can crazy. talk about them. Oh yeah, man, it's. Well, the interesting thing about all this is when you go to like regular talk therapy, they're trying to do these same things, but it just seems that with this medicine is physiologically. Maybe, maybe you can, why is that? Like, why can't you, why won't your body or your subconscious allow you to access that trauma and deal with it? Like just without something like MDMA or. It's a defense mechanism yeah. in my yeah. opinion. You know, it doesn't want to feel that pain again. Right. So right. it shuts it it shuts it down and, and pushes it away. Yeah. Physiologically, is rewiring itself because you okay. know neurons that wire together fire together. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's like to the point, every memory or that that stored is not accessible anymore and just hmm. goes away. And like you said, with the the ceremonies, you're getting that unlocking it because yeah. it's basically like with like dreams, right? I'm not saying it's like is it kind of you are in like yeah you could be in like a dream so, state for sure not with mdma but psilocybin for psilocybin. sure yeah so yeah. the reason i bring it up is because it's like when we go to sleep everyone talks about dreams dreams have a very deep purpose because it plays out either things we want or things we need to solve in our head but the thing is you can't control a dream right with these ceremonies it seems as if you can lead into what you're trying to address yeah so it's like getting to the point like i'm not knocking therapy because obviously like i said that, no. that was my background and therapy is a part of this like exactly. it's, it's called psilocybin is, assisted exactly. therapy mdma yeah. assisted therapy honestly the therapy part is the most crucial like exactly. because you're only doing the medicine for a, like three to five hours and then what you do with the lessons that you see exactly. yeah you don't integrate them into your life or have somebody that can help you do that mm -hmm. you're just you're just doing drugs in my opinion well it seems like you need one and you need both. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you can't have one without the other. No, you know? not with high dose, Yeah. right? And even with the low doses, like it, mm -hmm. it really does help mm -hmm. a lot of aspects of your life. And if you could have a coach there to help you, help guide you, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, this came up today and, sure. and well, why is that? You know, talk it through. Therapy's, therapy's massive. So, so you have MDMA and then you have psilocybin. And I went to Rick, like a couple, I started getting on the circuit and started to tell my story to these guys and they're like, Man, you have to do something with this. Mm -hmm. I said, "Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know any drug developers, you know." And they're like, "Well, here I'll introduce you to some." So I started to talk to a team. Um, I patented the method of use. So in drug development, um, it's really hard to start a company and raise money if you don't have intellectual property. Yeah. So I patented the method that I used with the milligram amounts, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, founded a company. We raised sixteen million dollars. Um, and we took it public on the CSE, Canadian Stock Exchange, within four months. Awesome. And then um, this past March 11th, we talked to the FDA, and it's called a pre-IND meeting. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a new drug application. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you do is you, you submit a plan, 
and like <laughs> we were submitting a combination pill of two schedule ones so cbd and psilocybin and so like all my drug developers are like super nervous and yeah. you know they're like i don't know how this is gonna go yeah and we got an amazing response nice. from the fda nice. you know um so that's mainly what i'm what i'm focused on right now yep and uh, what's the company called again we sauna we sauna. we sauna health yeah so sauna is latin uh for heal yep and then we heal together like the Concussion community, yeah. MMA community, it's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. it's awesome, right? Like you, you trade off information and you try to help support people as best you can. Every time, man, when it comes to athletes at contact sports, like yeah. we always have that, that bond, you know? Yeah, like, always. Oh, you know, I you know even you. Say yeah, I know. It's you. just like, no. it's connection. It's like your boy that like you haven't seen in, you know, <laughs> like sure. three years. And then you yeah. go and hang with him like, oh yeah. man, I remember this, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, that still working on policy. Yeah. Um, I believe in, this is what I believe, three, three avenues, right? Mm -hmm. I believe in decriminalizing these, these medicines because mm -hmm. they should not be schedule ones. There is medicinal value. There's, I think like 18 medical marijuana programs. Yeah. You know, how many studies are out there right now? Do you know? There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a ton of studies done in the sixties and seventies, man, before sure. the war on drugs happened, before mm -hmm. they shut it, they shut it down. There's thousands of studies done on um, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine how many tens of millions of lives could have been saved yeah. if, they, if they didn't do that war on drugs and they kept doing these studies that showed amazing efficacy? Mm -hmm. You're talking about 67% of people mm -hmm. using MDMA for PTSD. They no longer qualify, 67% of these people, for a, P a PTSD diagnosis yeah. um, up to, like I think, months later. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unheard of. For sure. Nobody's ever seen that type of data. So what is the next step for you to get this thing going? Um, and well, rolling deeper. Yeah. Know, oh, yeah. It's yeah. going, but no, let's get it. Just more. Next level. Just yeah. more. Like, so I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company right now. Mm. So there's certain things that I can say and I can't say. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's frustrating. Which is, congratulations, but, by the way. That's a big fucking deal, yeah, bro. Thank you. you know, thank awesome. you. No, but it's also... Thank you, but it's also frustrating <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, um, it, it's just I'm always I'm a free bird, you know. Yeah. Like one of the reasons I hated hockey is because like they make you look a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way, mm -hmm. you know. And I like just go against the grain. I don't. I just want to be myself, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I'm getting back to more education, awareness, giving, giving, educating people, talking about this more, Perfect. giving it away for free to yeah. keep what you have. That's what I learned through like AA and when I got sober, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. And then um, Oregon's really important to me with, mm -hmm. the, with the adult therapeutic use because people can use it now, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have to go to these unregulated markets and they don't necessarily know what they're getting and it's, it could be unsafe. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, my policy work is really important. We're, we're doing another briefing with uh, Melissa Lavasani and, and the Psychedelic Medicine Coalition on Capitol Hill. So nice. we did one a couple months ago, nice. which is like, you know, this Canadian guy, like, <laughs> know nothing about politics, but, yeah. you know, talking to these. Um, You're in there, though. Yeah. You're in there. Because so, we need more funding for research, right? Um, yeah. We need more bills passed um, because the scheduling of a drug because it's schedule one, there's so much red tape to, to take it through the FDA and research it like I'm doing with Wisana. Yeah. You could do it if it's not scheduled, like you can cut your timeline down to like two and a half, three years. But mm. because it's scheduled, it's gonna take us five, six, you know? Yeah. So Definitely. all of it, all of it, man. It's Just, all, it's all yeah. positive though. It's all positive in the, in the right direction, you yep. know, in, in due time. Yeah, Definitely. and the FDA is necessary because it's the most rigorous scientific pathway there is, mm -hmm. right? And there's so many people that go to their doctor to get their information and their drugs. Mm -hmm. The only way that you can get the hand, the medicine into the hands of those people is by going through the FDA. So there's just yeah. like necessary steps that you have to do, whether no matter how slow, how fast, yeah. I'm fucking willing to put the work in. You know, you're doing it, man. Seems we'll like keep it going. We'll keep, you know, keep the word out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep pushing it. Hope For this sure. podcast helps a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm sure it will. And I know. The, listen, man, there's there's a I would never name them, but there's a ton, a ton of athletes. Oh, yeah. That are on that are microdosing. Oh, I believe it. I know it. Taking oh, CBD it. Yeah, because absolutely. it's a patented neuroprotector. I'm going to be honest. Like yeah. that 
that was one of the things like and i'm i'm not a big drug guy like i never really i never had like an aspiration to do even smoke weed yeah you know i'm not a big I'm not even a big like stimulant guy either. I do a lot of caffeine now because yeah. I'm just trying to fucking trying to stay awake, trying to do all this shit. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but like, yeah, I'm not an I'm not an addicted person. I, I mean, obviously, maybe you could call me training addiction, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that right a there is, is a, yes, <laughs> yeah, healthy addiction. But that right there is like, I never had a problem with it. Like, I never was like, I'm not a. I, I wouldn't be addicted to this, but I do like the feeling. Yeah, right? yeah, I, yeah. And, and sometimes I don't like the feeling of being high. Sometimes I don't like the feeling of being drunk, like having like a drink and just being like all over the place. Yeah, this right here, I, I'm good. Like I like to be, I'm a type, I'm a type of person that I like to not be in control but have focus. Yeah, if I'm focused and I can feel good, that's a win-win for me. Yeah, man. You know, clarity, so, dude. I mean, clarity. That's it. The that's biggest it. thing that this, in a nutshell, if people always, it just allows you to be in the present moment more exactly. more present exactly it shuts down that animal brain that's always fucking yep. thinking about our thoughts or, or thinking about what's happening yep. or thinking way too far into the future yeah just yeah it makes just makes me a better person in my experience for you know? sure man we're gonna have you on again yeah let's do go it. deeper into different things um, i don't know about the workout yet, but we'll, uh, no, we'll do that too <laughs> we're gonna get that one on camera next time <laughs> yeah you did good man you, you yeah. know professional athlete yeah, bro you, yeah, yeah you got yeah. it no, i just gotta start weight training again you know so let them know where they can find you we sauna everything yeah on. yeah so uh we sauna health.com uh daniel carcillo 13 on on instagram uh carbon boom 13 on twitter uh mm -hmm. facebook daniel carcillo linkedin same thing um nice yeah, yeah. perfect all the regular channels. Like Davenport, go ahead. You find me, you, you probably got sick of me now, but missing it for muscle. <laughs> find me there, mind by the one. All right. Make sure you guys give us a rating and also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so. Thanks so much for your support. We're going to have Daniel on again, trust me. And I'll see you again next time.